In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning. Welcome to the cathedral. It looks like we've frozen a few people out this morning. I'm glad that you've braved the elements and come join us. It is awfully nice to start with a white Christmas, isn't it? Well, I don't, know, I don't know about you, but sometimes it seems to me like, you know, just nobody cares. Does it seem to you sometimes that there's nobody there to help and nobody there to listen when it really hurts? You know, it seems like the events of life are kind of like out of control. You may be stomping on the brakes as hard as you can, but it's sort of like slow motion. It's inevitable. You can see the wreck coming, but you can't stop it. Well, do you remember our Old Testament text from last week? Isaiah cries out. He says, oh God, that you would rend the heavens and come down. The world is broken. And the subtext is, God, don't you care? I think our world is simply a Twitter today with fear and anxiety. I use that word intentionally. What about North Korea? What about Iraq? What about Syria? What about the ballooning national debt? What about my own debts? What about my job security? Or insecurity, perhaps, is more like it. Does anybody care? And even if they do, are they sufficiently powerful enough to do anything about it, to make a difference in that impending car wreck that I can see coming ahead. Well, I invite you then to hear these words for Advent 2. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for her sins. Let me invite you to please turn with me once again to our Old Testament lesson, Isaiah chapter 40, verse chapter 40, verse 1, page 599. And I'd like us to take a closer but very brief look at these words that have been spoken by the God of Israel. Does anybody care? God says, I care. I care very deeply. Not only for your situation, but also your emotional condition in the midst of that situation. I care about the tragedy which has fallen upon my good world. And then the next thing he says is, buckle up, because I'm coming to do something about it. I am coming to set the world to rights. Verse 3, a voice cries, in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain and the glory of the 
Lord, shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The situation, friends, is not hopeless. God has spoken. God cares. Someone wants to take action. Yeah, but come on. (laughs) We all know the reality of so many leaders, the political theorists, the media pundits. They all have something to say. They all have some plans. They all got lots of talk. And some even make promises, don't they? And after we lived a few years, we realized that most of those promises are hollow. Every election cycle sounds just about alike. So when a voice says, cry, Isaiah responds, for what shall I cry? All flesh is as grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the grass. For the grass withers and the flower falls when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flower falls. But the word of our God will stand forever. In other words, he says, look, humans just aren't able to get the job done. And as much as we love superheroes, the truth is they're all fantasy. All human leaders will disappoint us. And upon closer inspection, it turns out that a whole lot of them have feet of clay. We saw a lot of that this week, didn't we? They wither and they fade like the grass in Georgia in August. And you begin to dig around in their personal motives and their private lives. Isaiah says, what shall I cry? No human institution, no government with all its social programs is going to get this thing right. Who will come and change this mess? Who? Look at verse 10. Behold, the Lord God comes with might. His arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense is before him. That's a lovely religious thought. Maybe even emotionally encouraging. It might even offer comfort for your soul. Look what he says in verse 11. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are his young. Doesn't that comfort you this morning, believer? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. But who's going to guarantee that it'll turn out that way? Nobody we have ever seen has kept all their promises. Many change their mind. The few that are inclined to keep their promises, often they simply can't. It's just not within the human capacity to do so. Who is this who makes this promise to us. It is no one less than the Lord God himself. Look at verse 12. He is the God who has measured the waters. The entire Atlantic and Pacific Oceans fit in the palm of his hand. And he's marked off the heavens between his thumb 
and his little finger. This God takes giant Mount Everest and K2 and Pikes Peak, and he puts all of them in a little tiny garden pot, and he puts it on his windowsill. The power of the mightiest empires, Babylon, Rome, Great Britain, and yes, the United States of America, to him, it's like a drop in one of those Home Depot buckets. When he thinks of all the strength of all the armies, when he thinks of all the wealth of the GNP of every nation that has ever existed, he puts them on the balance and he goes, He doesn't go, just, and he blows them off like a speck. They aren't even big dust. It says they're just fine dust. And compared to his purposes. If we were going to design a religion fit to honor such a king, all the cedar wood of Lebanon and all the redwoods of California would not suffice as fuel. And all the animals on the planet would not make enough for a proper burnt offering for him. There are not enough sacrifices in the whole world to even come close to what his glory is worth. The God who is coming greater than anything you can imagine. So, Isaiah asks in verses 19 and 20, why in the world would you think of him like one of your idols? Really, he says, you've got to be kidding me. Is that the God you imagine that's coming? Some strange version of the tin man? Okay, yeah, we laugh. But why don't we contextualize this just a little, shall we? Where is your rescue this morning? Where is your hope? We will acknowledge that humans fail us. But are we looking to things instead? Now, the ancient idols were wood covered with gold and silver. But how about that brand new 2018 Chevy Silverado? LT version, please. God says in verse 25, To whom will you compare me? That I should be like him. Lift up your eyes on high and see the stars. Who created these? Who brings out their host by number, calling them by name? by the greatness of his might, because he is strong in power and not a single one is missing. So what is our walk away this morning? It's right there in verse 27. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God, 
He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't care. I'm all alone. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow faint or weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Here is the good news for Advent. God can and God surely will accomplish the rescue of the world. There is nothing too hard for him. Are you frustrated this morning at the condition of our nation? Does the state of the world bother you? Are you worried and fretting about the nightly news and the latest tweets from President Trump? God is both willing and able to set all things to rights. The day is coming. But what about the meantime? What about the pains and the sorrows and the anxieties of our everyday life? Are those things too big? Or maybe are they just too small and insignificant for God? Isaiah says to you and to me this morning, comfort, be comforted. God has got a grip. From the tiniest cell in your body to the vast galaxies whirling through space at light speed, God has everything moving exactly as he has ordained it. It is happening exactly as he has allowed it Friends, here is your promise, and here is your hope, verse 31. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. From the crisis of the cosmos to the concerns of your own soul, God has a promise for us this morning. This is his promise for us. It's in Psalm 124.9. I'd like you to stand up because we're going to say this together. Stand up. Let's say this together. Psalm 124.9. My help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Let's say that. My help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. One more time. My help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will make it so. Amen.